Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme, Diana Seacon, and Betsy where we prove we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Good work, guys. Nice. Yay. We're done. <laughs> Have a great Christmas. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, guys, guess what we've done? Nothing. We kidnapped our boss's daughter. <laughs> Yay! And she's podcasting with us. <laughs> this is kind of a preview for a really cool episode that we are plotting to come out um, around Christmas time. Eventually. A Christmas present. This one, of course, will be out for that. Um, yes. But just to give you like a taste of where we think we're going. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yes. I wish you could see me like cackling evilly and like... Yes. Tapping my fingers together. Yeah, doing all that. <laughs> yeah. She needs like a bald cat to stroke. <gasps> Where's um Kit Kat? Give her, yeah. She's hiding because there's two. Yeah, we could. We could just pull all her fur out. We could wax her. No, no. Dye her, dye her like an ugly tan color. No. Bleach her. Am I going to bleach so her fur? <laughs> Bring her to the barber. No, my barber said she, my barber said that he's pro- <laughs> he might dye his cat pink. Oh, that's awesome. The cat that lives at the hair salon. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a special guest for the first part of this episode before she has to go get on an airplane and fly Ye- back to Washington. Yes. Even though I've been trying to keep her, like, I know. trying hard. She- I mean, there are schools down here. Right? Right. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, let's jump in. What did we learn? Should we put Betsy on the spot make her go first? Let's do it. What did you learn this week, Betsy? Um, I learned that womba- wombats poop um, cubes. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it, it, yeah, uh-huh. They they poop cubes. Like their poop comes out yeah, in Yeah, it comes out cubes. Like their yeah, like, ice cube maker up there? Yeah. They have an ice cube maker in their butt. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. it's a poop cube maker, <laughs> which yeah. is less, less awesome. Less no, awesome. I don't know that I want ice cube out of somebody's butt like, either. No. Yeah, they just they poop cubes. But why? But their butthole's not shaped like a cube. It just comes so, do you poop. know anything about how it works, or why it works, or what they do? Like, what is going on? Um, or is that the extent of your knowledge? Yeah, that's that's it. That's, it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know. I all I know is that it comes out as cubes. Well, you, you just made about a thousand adults Google wombat poop. Mm-hmm. All at once, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Somebody has done like their doctoral dissertation on, yeah, on <laughs> wombat, poop. wombat poop. <laughs> I I believe it. Hundred percent. I I believe that. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited that yours was about um, wombats because mine's about koalas. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's yours, Diana? Not animals. <laughs> you didn't, you weren't in on the Oh, theme. the top search is wombat poop on Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's upsetting. Mm. Yeah, see, it comes out as cubes. Oh, my God, it looks like brownies. Oh, my God, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. If you haven't already Googled wombat poop, go, go Google. ahead and do Ew. that. Google you can poop. buy wombat poop, but it's like actually chocolate. That's 
Nah. I mean, that's kind of hilarious. Like a white elephant gift. That's Ooh, kind of that, hilarious. That'd be good. Don't they do that with like reindeer yeah, poo for like, Christmas yeah. and stuff? They also do like but unicorn the farts. Poop is funnier. Oh man, I have a unicorn poop candle. Oh, yes. they, they have like unicorn farts, but it's like cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seems, seems all right. All right, so break our animal streak here. What's yours? I'm sorry. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one actually comes from uh, Jeff, who has figured out how to play NPR on Alexa. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he heard this on Science Friday. Oh, Wait, how I did he that not was what know how to do that? Was... No, I mean, I was pretty excited about it because he was pretty excited about it. Okay. But... How did he not know how to do that? Right? Oh. Just Alexa play Jeff, NPR. Jeff yeah. is not so good with the technology. Yeah, mm. it's just Alexa I also don't think play he... NPR. I also don't think he, it occurred to him. Yeah, that you could just do <laughs> that. Whatever. You could just do that, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so here's what I learned it's flu season. That's not it. Um, but you can help public health officials prevent the next pandemic. How? Flunearyou.com. What? Flunearyou. Flunearyou.com. Uh-huh. Okay. Is run by Boston Children's Hospital, School Global Threats Fund, and Health Map. Mm-hmm. It asks users to come to the website once a week and answer two questions. How are you feeling? And what's your zip code? Huh. And with that data, they can track the progression of the flu and tell you if people are experiencing symptoms in your area. And you can compare that cool. with what the CDC thinks is going on. Whoa. And it will also tell you whether people with flu-like symptoms uh, are going up or down. So, but what if you have a virus that's not the flu? So it asks, um, once you say, like, so there's the two questions, like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And it's like, I'm feeling great. Right. Um, I'm not feeling, like, I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling fine. And if you're not feeling good, then it asks more questions to determine whether oh, they are I flu-like gotcha. symptoms or not flu-like symptoms. Because Aww. we have been passing around an amazing virus in my family. Today, Elliot has it. Oh, Morgan had to go no. oh, pick him no. camp because he puked all night long. Oh, no. So it's there. It is now five of us at Thanksgiving, which was over a week ago, and we're still amazing. A million years ago, when I was with my ex, I heard Sophia. She was coughing. Oh yes, and she has to learn how to cough in her elbow because Uh, (laughs) because she's three. Yeah. Yeah. When I was still with my ex, we passed around a stomach bug at Christmas. Yes. And there were ten of us. I think because one uh, one of them was in the hospital having a baby and she stayed longer. Yes, <laughs> because her kids got home. it. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> and then I think once they kicked her out because they wouldn't let her stay in the hospital just because all of her kids were sick, she went to the mother-in-law's house or to her mom's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and the kids stayed there, but yeah. they'd already passed it to the rest of us. Oh <laughs> wow! I think there were ten Ew. of us that Gee, got sick at Christmas. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Yuck, yuck, yuck. It was ridiculous. What's your what's your fact? Ooh, I all right, so I learned um I was watching television the other well, because I was sick. So mm-hmm. sorry about the episode last week, guys. Um and so I was watching TV for like three days while I laid in bed and couldn't move, and I was watching the um I don't even know, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like Steve Irwin's family has a zoo in Australia and now they have there's a they have a TV show that's just all of them, which is kind of like weird to watch but anyway yeah, but his um, daughter's also like a conservationist isn't she yeah like they all work there yeah. his son too and his wife um and so i learned about koalas that they have a major problem in the wild which is chlamydia 
<gasps> they suffer, which is an STD. They suffer terribly from it. Um, it's like all in their population. It's causing like birth defects and deaths and blindness oh and all of this stuff. And so oh a lot of conservationists um, are, and the Irwins were doing this where they would go out and they would tag koalas and then every like year or whatever, every six months, I think. Yeah, six months. They would go and capture them, bring them in, do and a blood test, make sure they're all healthy, <laughs> give them a dose of antibiotics, and then release them. Are they going into koala plant parenthood? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the real issue here is that it was defunded, koala Planned parenthood. Well, not in so Australia. <laughs> they're so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I don't know what's up, but uh, yeah. Okay, so this makes something I listened to yesterday make a lot more sense. Okay, that's a hilarious statement. <laughs> well, so was, I've been listening to the back episodes of The Dollop. Yeah. And they did a couple episodes in Australia like three or four years ago. And that's what I was listening to. And they were talking about the founding of Australia, which you think it's crazy? It is way crazier than oh, you yeah, think no, it is. Oh, yeah, no, Australia is crazy. Oh, no, it is, it is way crazier than you think it was. But so then they said something about, and then they found koalas. And the coast is like, and now we have chlamydia. And it was like, wait, what? How do these things go together? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> no, they they suffer from and carry and transmit chlamydia. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's I crazy. I hope that chlamydia just developed independently in koalas as well as humans. Because I don't feel like there should have been any cross-contamination between well, people and but koalas. Because remember when AIDS was first around and they were saying that clearly somebody fucked a monkey. And it's not yeah, that at all. It was not. bush meat, which... Yeah, that's true. It no, it's could be true. something similar. And a lot of what they were checking was um, like oral. So I guess I don't know very much about chlamydia, but apparently it can also affect like your mouth. So maybe other mucous membranes. I'm not sure. I also don't know much mm. about chlamydia. Thankfully, I don't either. I, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. Do you, do you know lots about chlamydia? No. Okay. Good. I, I know as much about chlamydia as I do about our legal system. Nice. <laughs> we can keep her. Oh my gosh, Diane is so I'm proud. So proud. <laughs> <laughs> that was both wonderful and good comic timing. <laughs> <laughs> a winner all right um so i am concerned that flight time is going to happen yes so do you want to tell us about your crime yes i have a crime i'm so excited about this all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. so um i was in band class and i and um the band teacher said that we couldn't go to the bathroom that because is a crime. It, it it's a crime in itself, but <laughs> I there's think it might more. Be an actual. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. it is an actual no, crime. We would get red slips if we went down to the lunchroom to go to the bathroom because we weren't supposed to leave class. So if you had to go to the bathroom, you just had to hold it. Yeah. No. No. That's yeah, that's, that's illegal. Anyway, <laughs> um. So we asked what why we couldn't go, and he said that someone graffitied the bathroom. And then I, and then I learned after band class that um, this girl had gone in, and someone had taken a can of spray paint, gone in the bathroom, and drawn a big penis <gasps> on the wall of the bathroom, <laughs> like, all along, like, on the wall. And they decided that they couldn't, like, paint 
over it and like they had to close the whole bathrooms and they locked oh, the doors. Oh, yeah. good grief. And they like <laughs> wouldn't let anyone in, but it's not like there isn't that stuff on the bathroom stall doors anyway. Like right. if someone had spray painted one, that on the toilet seat, no one would have cared. This one is just way bigger, so right. it's like maybe more detail. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Well, you do, you I mean, I didn't art, You go to an art I didn't school, go in right? there. Yeah, that's true. It could have been really yeah. good. <laughs> it could have been really yeah. good. I mean, the art class right is right across the hall from the oh, bathroom. Oh man, see now we need evi- we need like pictorial evidence to see, <laughs> oh, to see no if it kidding. was a crime or if it was art. No, they <laughs> they painted over it by now, but they decided that that's what they wanted to do. Oh, so funny. it always cracked me up, even like in my last job where I was working in a high school and I was going into a lot of classes with seniors. Senior, well, any, any teenage boys cannot draw a penis. They have no clue what it looks like. <laughs> I no, but then the girls ig- know exactly what it looks like. Wait, that's wait, wait. very upsetting. But, it, but yeah. was there abstinence-only sex education in Virginia? Oh, absolutely. Our district was abstinence-only. Actually, now there is no sex education in our district because they took away the teacher that taught it full-time. I think she retired or whatever. And they didn't replace her. And so they just put it on the health teachers as part of their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And they just don't ever get to it because they don't want to teach it so there is zero sex ed at all in Gloucester how's that teen pregnancy rate going oh it's always been (laughs) we had a girl in my year who went into labor in D hall like in the hallway classy yeah always always pregnant with girls I mean there's also nothing to do yeah well I told you about when we lived in Iowa maybe so my sisters are way younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to Iowa, I was 16 and they were five and two, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, so this bitch in my biology class. <laughs> <laughs> earmuffs, Betsy, earmuffs. Yeah, there's, it's okay. There's I don't another care. One coming I hear enough soon. of that in homeroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the only sixth grader in there, so, you uh, know. By, by the way, I feel like we should pause for just one second and say we did get parental permission. Yes, 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 yes. And, like, okay. they didn't actually steal me. That were not too horrible. <laughs> like, right. mom knows. <laughs> Her mom knows what she was getting into. <laughs> um, so this this bitch, like, <laughs> spread the rumor. I don't remember her name anymore. Spread the rumor that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my sisters were really my children and that my parents were pretending that they were what? Yeah. My parents were pretending that they were their children to spare me the embarrassment of being such a whore. But the girl that spread the rumor got pregnant later that year and she now oh has a twenty five year old and I have oh a nine year old. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, so we had a friend, actually Betsy, you know this person, Lori? Who teaches Uh, biology. Um, We have a, she had a student who in one of the classes said, I mean, I don't remember how the conversation came up, but they were talking about reproduction, I think, and um, believed that if you swallow sperm, that that's how you get pregnant. Like that, because it's (laughs) in your belly, so it's got to go into your belly and, um, and then wound up pregnant because she didn't know how babies were made. Was, is the way she was doing it was totally safe. She didn't. She didn't eat it. <laughs> so I say this with distress, but then I realize that I am forty three, and my parents have still not had the talk with me. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Your fingers are awesome. 
right? This is what the kids <laughs> were doing earlier. So we have lost Betsy at this point. She is on her way lose to lose her. Well, th- we lost her in the same way we kidnapped her. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not real. But um, we did inherit all of the slime that she created before she left. <laughs> so now we're all in here with slime. Awesome. So we've done the what do you know or what what did you learn? Yes. We definitely chatted. Yes. I feel like it's story time. <gasps> Are you going to read me a story or am I going to read you a story? What What would you like? I don't know. It's been so long. Like, we're I know it's rhythm. been weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went first last time. I would say, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Plus, mine is super lighthearted and I think yours is not. So not we can bad. end on a like hilarious note. It's not too bad. Okay. Okay. So, Aaron. Yes. They did a thing. You did a thing? I did a thing. Why do you look guilty? Because I did a thing I'm not supposed to do. Did you end up on the episode? No. Did you learn something? Diana Elizabeth Seacon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, upstairs, it was this really long name. That's not your name. Your name is Seacon. And my brain just couldn't process. Okay. Diana Elizabeth Seacon, why would you do that? I didn't mean to. Lies. It started on a listicle. Oh, well, then you shouldn't have learned anything. Right. I didn't think I was going to learn anything, and then I did. <sighs> I'm disgusted right now. I know. I Absolutely know. do. We're going to have to change our intro. Mm. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plum and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we're learning shit about the legal <laughs> system, <laughs> but we'll still tell you crime stories. Unintentionally. All right. All right. You ready? Tell me. I want to know what you learned so I can be smart, too. Ooh, let's all be smart. So there is a doctrine in criminal defense that's known as the Brady Rule. Okay. Okay. So the the Brady Brady Rule says, I mean, it doesn't say this, but it basically goes like, (laughs) the prosecution must disclose such material to the defendant if requested to do so. Um, So basically that means if the defense, or I'm sorry, if the prosecution knows Knows something something. that could help the defense, they have to disclose it. Yeah. So in all of the crime dramas, they're always like, well, we didn't know about that. So you can't. Right. So that's submitted to evidence. Yeah. So that's the Brady doctrine or Brady rule is what it's generally called. And um, there are a few different parts to it. The original part just said, like, if they ask, if the defense asks, if you have anything, you have to provide it. And subsequent court rulings have said, even if they don't ask, you have to provide provide everything you know that could be beneficial. I feel like if the defense didn't ask if you had something, then there's grounds for appeal for like crappy representation because your lawyer didn't bother to ask if they had any. So like, let's just skip it. Just share everything. But that wasn't always the case because um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Our legal system isn't always very fair. Wait, what? Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was like totally just and fair and um, treated everybody equally and oh, that's cute. Rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't mm-hmm. think that. I know more <laughs> about the legal system than that. Yeah, exactly. So the ruling that began what would eventually be called the Brady Rule took place in 1963. That was like when you were born. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I was also not born yet. Oh yeah, you were that. You were you were just about born because you're like 108 years old. My so mom was surely... nine. <laughs> My mom was three. Um, so the the original case took place in 1963. Uh, additional court cases have added further requirements. Uh, but the road to get to the Brady Rule was kind of a long and strange one. And it almost cost one man his life. 
John Leo Brady. Spoiler. Uh, we okay, named the Brady okay. rule after him. Yeah. Brady Bunch. <laughs> Brady Bunch. <laughs> he was born in the early 1930s before the Brady Bunch was on TV. Mm. But way back like when you were in elementary school. Around there. High yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Southern Maryland. Ooh, I like Maryland. Sure. I love that They one. have a giant aquarium. They do have a giant aquarium. I've been and there. And you can pet the stingrays. I know. Oh, I not at the Maryland them. Aquarium. The Baltimore Aquarium. I don't know. But they have a giant aquarium. Well, the one I went to, you could pet you the stingrays. Pet I think it's Baltimore, yeah. Virginia Beach has one where you can definitely pet them. Mm-hmm. I got pierced at Virginia Beach once. At the aquarium? No. At some skanky shop on the boardwalk. Gross. <laughs> oh, because my current boss is sitting in the room, I will tell you that my boss at the time dared me to do it. <laughs> We were on a work trip. (laughs) (laughs) And I got my eyebrow pierced. (laughs) We don't go on work trips like that. What's going on? Budget cut. Budget cut. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Amanda and I did go on a business trip together, but there was no piercing. There was... (laughs) No, but stay tuned to next week. We get to hear all about it. (laughs) (laughs) So John Leo Brady, Southern Maryland, 1930s. His parents were young. They worked uh, as a small tobacco farmer, and they could not cope with just co- one. Just one. They together were one <laughs> small together. tobacco, a little tiny tobacco just, farmer. Just a, just a wee one. Just a backyard <laughs> farm. They couldn't cope with a fussy baby, so they gave young John to his paternal grandparents and his aunt Celeste, who raised him. Oh my God! I that no. Although, if anyone has a baby, like I do, accept random strange babies. Yes. What if I said that and then I, someone was like, I have a baby. <laughs> I would not put it past anybody. So from the time he was a small baby, he had severe otitis media. I don't know what that is. I didn't either. Sounds it, like something with your ears. It is something with your ears. I am so smart. It's a chronic middle ear infection that oh. causes your ears to ooze a thick, nasty smelling pus. Nice. So his classmates called him Stink Ears. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> He's like always uncomfortable and feverish and can't hear and his classmates and are making called fun stink of him. Ears, yep. He dropped out of school in eighth grade yeah, and no worked kidding. on his uncle's farm. Okay. In 19- Wait, the tiny tobacco farm? No, different, different, different unspecified uncle. sized farm. So not his parents <laughs> nope. who are now his uncle, but. <laughs> no, his parents were always his parents, but I don't think he ever lived with them or. Well, right. But if he's living with his aunt, then I feel like his parents are now his. Oh, I think uncle. Aunt Celeste was an old maid. Well, yeah, but she's still, it would still, if you live, it would still make them his uncle and aunt. It doesn't matter if she Grandparents and aunt. He lived with his grandparents and aunt. He lived with his grandparents and aunt. Yeah. So if he was being raised as his aunt's child, that makes his parents his, no, but it still counts. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't, was it Clint Eastwood that thought his mom was his sister or something like that? I don't have any idea. I think it was Clint Eastwood. I think it was you with your... No, I knew Sisters. who everybody's parents were. <laughs> and they were not me. And they were not me. <laughs> All right, stink ears. Stink ears. He Ugh. dropped out of school in eighth grade, worked on the uncle's farm. In 1951, he was 19, and he joined the Air Force. And he served in the military police in Washington State and Greenland. Oh, that sounds like a cool place to be in the military police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then his luck changed. In the span of about four years, his ears stopped oozing. Oh. He got married. (laughs) That's all it takes. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we got married. We didn't have oozy ears. (laughs) 
That's white male privilege. Totally. <laughs> just don't ooze stinky <laughs> stuff out of your ears and you can have whatever you want. You know, now that you mention it, I'm I'm not sure I saw pictures. I'm not sure he's white. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No, um, particularly. So he got married after the ears stopped oozing. He left the Air Force. He got his GED. He got divorced. And then he went home to Maryland. So, like, it turned around for a little while. It was a, f- it was a full four years. It was a lot. When he got back to Maryland, he made some new friends. The Boblets. Boblets? Boblets. B-O-B-L-I-T. Oh, I was hoping it was L-E-T. And right. they were like Bob's little kids. The you Boblets. No. Nope. The Boblets. were tiny tobacco. <laughs> Tobacco at. <laughs> the Boblets were friends of Aunt Celeste's, and John became friends with their son Donald, who was 25 and described as gawky, lonely, and barely literate. Oh my god! <laughs> Stink ears and gawky Boblet. His sister Nancy was described in the jargon of the day, and by the way, it's 1958 at this point, mm-hmm. as a dumb, good looking blonde. Oh my god! <laughs> Well, okay. So Nancy, the dumb, good-looking blonde, was married to a man named Slim, and they were living with her parents. What is up with these names? <laughs> Southern Maryland man. Um, but she let it be known that she intended to do whatever she wanted. Nobody held Nancy Boblett down. Cool. Uh, and apparently whatever she wanted was John Leo Brady. Oh. <laughs> and they fell in love, and she was soon pregnant with his child. Oh, that's not good. So this caused old Stinkier some concern. He didn't know uh, what to do. Yeah. By this time, he's working at the local tobacco plant for $1.50 an hour, which is the equivalent of thirteen thirteen an hour today, which is still inadequate. It is, but it's a lot better than, like, minimum wage. Not that much better. Mm. He had just bought an 11-year-old car. <clears throat> Living the high life. Uh, And he was behind on his bills. But he loved Nancy, and he wanted to prove that to her. But she's married to somebody else. Yeah, Slim seems to be not a factor here. He he was okay with it. Yeah. He was chill with it. So Nancy was going to go on a trip to New York to visit her family, leaving on June 23rd. And on an impulse before she left, John wrote her a check for $35,000. And he postdated it to July 6th. And he thought it was an amount that could just solve all their problems if he could make it real. If he could make it real. If he could make it real. He didn't have $35,000. Oh, he was just no. like, if I write it down, maybe he, it will come to exist yeah, in no. my world. He had an 11-year-old car and ears that didn't ooze. Yeah. Nancy didn't ask any questions. She just put the check in her purse. And John, again, reminded her to cash it, saying, somehow, in two weeks, it'll be in the bank. I mean... <clears throat> That's either like he's got a plan or he is just the biggest optimist ever. At this point, he's just an optimist because he didn't know how to make that happen. Okay. And no matter how much he thought about it, he just couldn't come up with a good solution. He only came up with one way that this could happen. He's going to go steal something. Bank robbery. But that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and he decided he needed a partner. Uh-huh. So he decided that his buddy Donald Boblet gawky lonely and barely literate was the man for the job yeah that sounds about right Mm -hmm. yeah over the next few days they worked out a plan Mm, i bet it's a stellar one it it is they decided that they were going to hold up the one bank in stevensville maryland Mm. which was about 30 minutes from their home 
They figured they'd do the robbery on Saturday morning because all of the locals would have cashed their paychecks the night before. Oh, that's smart, though. So well, no, that's not smart. If they cashed Or they, they would have deposited their money. They're, they're not bright. Okay. Because, yeah, that, that would be less money. Yeah, all the money would be Because you don't really want the checks. That's not going to do you any good. Right. <laughs> so they figured that that's when everybody's going to make their bank deposits. There would be okay. money. Saturday morning was the time to do it. I but mean, I, I would, from working in a bank, I would say, like, fewer staff, mm-hmm. shortened hours, people who don't want to be there. We always had to work in, like, I mean, this wouldn't be the case, but, like, the bank that wasn't our branch. Mm-hmm. So it isn't a bad time to rob a bank. But not for that reason. <laughs> but not, not because of that. Well, and they had an additional problem. Uh, John's car was a real piece of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't up for a police chase. (laughs) So for a successful getaway, they'd need a reliable car. And luck would have it that they knew a guy who had a reliable car. That they could take or borrow? We're getting there. I'm not allowed to ask questions on this podcast. (laughs) I have to just wait patiently. Because it gives it away. I know, but... William Brooks was a friend of John Brady's family, and he'd known John for most of his life. He'd been a hired hand on John's grandfather's farm, Mm -hmm. and he had recently stayed with John and Aunt Celeste while he was recovering from surgery. Aunt Celeste knows everybody. Yeah, Aunt Celeste is like... She's the connector. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He'd gotten a good job at the plastics factory in Odenton. He was living in a shack in the woods near the plant. Well, saving on some bills. Mm -hmm. And less than two weeks before, William had gotten his first brand new car, a blue two-toned Ford Fairlane. You say that like it should mean something. Yeah, I don't know anything about cars. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure it was lovely. So here's what they planned. Uh John and Donald were going to waylay William on his way home from his night shift job. They planned that they that Donald would blindfold William because he'd recognize John, but right. he didn't know uh, he didn't know Donald. Okay. They'd tie him up. Okay. Put him in a vacant house that Donald knew about. Okay. <laughs> go rob the bank, and then go retrieve William and let him go and give his car back. And then the police would come and arrest William, and he's having the shittiest week ever. No, 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 that's not gonna happen. Uh, John was very clear as they're making these plans that he did not want William hurt because he was good to me when I was a kid. I mean, and it sounds like no one else was, so that's kind of a big deal. Right, yeah. Late on Friday, June 27th, John and Donald put a log across the narrow dirt road that went (laughs) from the main road to William's shack. That would still be effective today. Oh, yeah. You would stop for a log. You would stop. So that was the plan. He'd have to move it to get by, and that's when they'd grab him. I mean, other than the fact that they're kidnapping some poor dude to use his car in a bank robbery on a Saturday, like, it's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan, except I bet if they'd gone home and like, hey, we need to head over to Stevensville, and my piece of shit can't make it there. Can we borrow your car? He seemed like the kind of guy that would have been like, yeah. Sure. (laughs) But then he would also know who had his car if the police were like, your car was used in a robbery. Well, I lent it to these two specific people. Like, yeah, but again, it's the late witness. 50s. No cameras at the bank. No, you know? it's true. But still. And, but and still, it's not no, the it's same an unnecessary town. Risk. And, yeah. But their, their way with the kidnapping and the blindfold and the log is better. Right. But things, went to, things went to shit right from the start. I uh, Yes. When William stopped to move the log, Donald stepped out with a double-barreled shotgun <gasps> and ordered William into the back seat of the Fairlane. But William got confused, and he tried to get into the front seat. 
And he kept pleading, please don't kill me, please. He wouldn't shut up, actual quote. So Donald smacked him in the back of the head with a shotgun, laid him out on the back seat of the car, and they all three drove away. That is not how that was supposed to go. No. Brady wanted to find a place to leave William where he'd go unnoticed, just park him by the side of the road somewhere. Okay. But Donald had decided that they'd have to kill kill him because he'd seen Donald now. Oh, my God. They found a secluded spot and pulled William from the car. Mm-hmm. He was wobbly. Yeah, because he got whacked on the head. Right. So they walked him into the forest, and he was still holding his lunch pail from work. Oh. John walked off for a while to think, but Donald didn't hesitate. I was going to say, that's dumb. Right. So basically, he knew what was going to happen, and he was like, I'm just going to walk away, so it's not my fault. Yeah. He Donald took off his red plaid shirt, twisted it, used it to strangle William. That is not how I thought he was going to kill him. Mm-mm. Like, he had a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be Why so be much easier. <laughs> when John turned around and saw what was happening, he ran and pushed Donald away, but it was too late. William Brooks was dead. Mm, yeah, no, he didn't try. Yep. They carried his body deeper into the woods and covered it with a few branches. This is a thing I learned. Killers that are ashamed of their killing yeah. cover the bodies. Oh, yeah. I That's did. like a crime drama thing. Oh, I don't watch anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, oh, they yes. covered the body. They must have felt remorse. Right. And I guess I knew that, but like it hadn't or been. Or they knew the person. Yeah. But it hadn't been pointed out in yeah. like exactly like that. So I just always assume that all of that stuff is probably mostly crap, but I like could still recite it all off. Oh, yeah. Um, so they carried his body deep in the wood. They covered him with branches and they threw his lunchbox as far as they could. <laughs> it was totally unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> They then drove to Chestertown, which is a whole different damn town. But when Don came, they decided not to rob the bank. (laughs) They'd gotten $255.30 from William's wallet. Oh, that's pretty much $35,000. It's $2,233.96. Well, right. But I mean, now if they just deposit that, they could totally cash the check. Right. Also, wait... Their plan has another, like, major flaw in it. There's a check involved? There's a check involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to deposit the money. You can't even just take the cash and slowly spend it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, everyone's going to know. Not right. <sighs> they uh, were panicked, and John decided that they should head out for Washington State, because that was the only other place in the U.S. that he knew. <laughs> I mean, and it's right next door, so it's not like it's going to take any time to get there. Right. Right. They made it as far as Lynchburg. Lynchburg. They fa- Lynchburg? Yeah. Okay. They made it as far as Lynchburg, which is about 200 miles away. I was kidding. Like, <laughs> which was basically next door and nowhere near Washington mm. State. Um, by then, Donald wanted to go home. <laughs> and John didn't want to fight about it. They abandoned the car, went to the bus station, and they were in D.C. by late that afternoon. And then they took a cab to Glen Burnie, where Brady had parked his car. <laughs> So they killed this dude that he knew and who was nice to him for not for two hundred and fifty five dollars. And now they have nothing. They have two hundred and fifty five dollars and thirty cents. They don't have thirty five thousand dollars. They didn't rob the bank. There was no need to kill the guy. And now they They didn't even even keep the car. (laughs) John and Donald figured that they had a few days before anybody noticed that William was missing, but they were wrong. Call your people. His landlady worked at the same plant, and she reported him missing when he didn't show up for work that night. Call your people. (laughs) She also told the police that she'd seen him with John Brady. 
Meanwhile, John Brady, who had big ideas, decided to go to Cuba and join Fidel Castro's rebels in the mountains. He couldn't even make it to Washington State, which is in the same country. He's going to go to Cuba in his shitty car. Better. He'd met some Cubans in the Air Force. Oh. He'd helped them move some guns. Good job. Okay. On Sunday, which is the day after the thwarted robbery, he the thwarted stopped- the unattempted robbery. <laughs> the unattempted robbery, not thwarted. He stopped by his aunts, who said that the cops had been there looking for him. He handed her his car keys and said that he was leaving the country. <laughs> On foot. <laughs> With his share of the money that they'd taken from William, he bought a ticket to Cuba mm-hmm. and was in Havana before noon on Monday. Well, I mean, he made it there. I didn't think he was going to do that. (laughs) He wandered around the city trying to figure out how to get in touch with Castro. Yes, well, that is always an issue. Mm -hmm. And while he was walking around Havana, he was thinking. And we all know he's a really good thinker. I mean, amazing things happen when he thinks. Good thinker. He decided that he was really only guilty of a minor crime, which was stealing William's car. Um. That's not a minor crime, and that's not how that works. <laughs> and <laughs> he hoped that he could go to the authorities and tell them that he and Donald had hit William, left him by the side of the road, and they didn't know where he was now. Maybe he could still work things out with Nancy. So instead of joining Castro's forces, he went to the American embassy on Tuesday afternoon and told them that story. And four hours later, he was in jail in Miami. Worst criminal ever. So bad. At the same time, Nancy took his post-dated $35,000 check to the bank, and the teller laughed at her. There was no money in John Brady's account. Yeah, no. At the Miami jail, John talked to two FBI agents, telling them that he had knocked William out, then he and Donald had stolen William's car. He told them where the car was, and an agent in Virginia found it. On Wednesday, he was, and again, the robbery was supposed to be Saturday. Like, this is four days. Right. On Wednesday, he was formally charged with transporting a stolen car in interstate commerce, and bail was set at $25,000, which is $218,000 and change now. Well, it's $10,000 more than he had promised the mother of his child. The next morning, he told the agents that he'd plead guilty and hoped that as a first-time offender, he'd get a light sentence or maybe just parole. Yeah, I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's how that's going to work out. But a couple hours later, the FBI returned and said that they'd picked up Donald and he'd told them where the body was. (laughs) John had thought that Donald had been in jail since Sunday. Why? No reason. He just was like, I think he's in jail. Well, because he knew that the cops had come looking for him. So I think he made the leap that they they had found him. Um. So he thought that Donald had been in jail and that Donald had kept his mouth shut. But the truth oh. of the matter is, is that Donald had not even been arrested until Wednesday because the cops didn't know his name until John mentioned it to the legal counselor in Havana. Uh-huh. And the officers had picked up Donald that afternoon. Donald immediately told them that the man was dead. He didn't even know William Brooks's name. He then said, Brady did it. It wasn't me. I didn't do nothing. It was all his idea and he done it all. They are, they are really good at this. Mm-hmm. Like We should use them as an example. Yeah. The next day, agents told John what Donald had said and that he, John, had been blamed for the whole thing. They pointed out that what Donald had said fit perfectly with what John had said. 
So John gave his own statement saying that Donald had hit William and then strangled him. He said that when he'd confessed to strangling William, he had just been trying to protect Donald. That night, papers reported the story. The Annapolis Evening Capital described the crimes as an odd, almost senseless series of events. And that... I agree. In the best quote I think we have ever covered on this show, astute police work was not needed to solve the case. (laughs) (laughs) And Eddie Damas could have figured this out. Because the two men, again, quote, seemed pathetically anxious to be caught. Yes. (laughs) During his first week in custody, Donald gave the police five statements. In the first four, he said that John had done everything. But once John was back in Maryland and told everyone that Donald was the real killer, he made a fifth statement admitting he was the one who had hit William with the gun and then strangled him. The, oh, he told the truth. I guess it's all over for me now. Yeah. <laughs> just admit to it. Might as well. The two men were charged with first degree felony murder for killing during the course of a robbery. And because they were blaming each other, the state decided to try them separately and asked for the gas chamber. Mm-hmm. Because John had confessed to the crime, his defense was basically a plea for mercy. Because he had not actually killed William, he should have been spared the gas chamber. While preparing for the trial, John's lawyers asked Donald's lawyers for any statements that Donald had made about the crimes. Donald's lawyers disclosed the first four statements, but not the fifth one, in which he admitted everything, because the prosecutor didn't want to hurt his own case. So the legal wranglings were long and multi-year, so here's the quick rundown. The trial took two days. And the jury deliberated for less than three hours before deciding that John was guilty of first degree murder and the judge sentenced him to die three days later. And this is not the like felony. If you commit a felony and someone dies, this is like they he did it. Yeah. OK. Yep. This was really just for he confessed. He just wanted them to not to sentence him to death. Right. But they did. Donald chose to have a bench trial. So no jury. But the outcome was the same. Convicted. Sentenced to die. So they're both convicted of the murder. Mm-hmm. But. I guess it doesn't matter. Like, did they think they did it together? Or it just doesn't, two people separately could have murdered the same guy. Pretty much. So that doesn't make any sense. It was the 50s. Well, yeah, but what was that like? I wasn't there. (laughs) I'll get back to you after I remember. (laughs) Once he was on death row, John got a new lawyer, E. Clinton Bamberger. Bamberger. It's like how a little kid would say hamburger. Yes. Oh, a Bamberger. Bamberger. <laughs> when he reviewed the transcript from Donald's trial, he noticed that Donald had indicated that this final statement about the crime was not true. And that, uh, from that, Bamberger deduced that there had been a fifth statement where Donald confessed to the crime. Right. And this was the basis of his appeal. Okay. John lost that one. In October 1961, the Maryland Court of Appeals held unanimously that there was a duty on the state to produce the confession of Boblet that he did the actual strangling. The failure to do so was a violation of Brady's constitutional right to due process of law. This meant that he could get a second trial, but that would relate to punishment only, as there was nothing Donald said that would allow for charges to be reduced below first-degree murder. Okay. John Brady and Bamberger decided to appeal for a a reversal of conviction as well as the sentence. And in October 1962, the Supreme Court decided to hear the case. Okay. 
In May 1963, the Supreme Court affirmed the lower court ruling. They determined that John Leo Brady was not entitled to a new trial on his guilt because under Maryland law, Boblet's last statement would not be admissible at such a proceeding. The conviction stood, but the sentence remained vacated. Okay. Although the Supreme Court decision was 7-2, to two, Justice William O. Douglas saw this opportunity to push his own agenda. Justice Douglas was a strong supporter of individual rights and liberties and wrote, We now hold that the suppression by the prosecution of evidence favorable to an accused on request violates due process where the evidence is material either to guilt or to punishment. Society wins not only when the guilty are convicted, but when criminal trials are fair. Mm -hmm. Our system suffers when any accused is treated unfairly. An inscription on the walls of the Department of Justice states the proposition candidly, the United States wins its point whenever justice is done its citizens in the courts. I like that. I like it too. Um, I read a little bit more about Justice Douglas and he was like the RBG of his time. Cool. He used his dissent to uh, enact policy much like he did here. Justice Douglas saw this decision as a way to move the criminal process from one of adversarial combat to an inquisitorial innocence focused system. As it is supposed to be. Yeah. I think it's like written in the constitution and everything. Yeah. He imagined a mutual search for facts where the prosecutor shared relevant information with the defense and that the two sides determined the truth together. Mm -hmm. This joint effort would both protect the rights of an accused and also ensure that justice was done. I, I mean, I realize that's not how human beings work, so it's never going to work like that, but that's how it should work. That's how it should work. After the Supreme Court decision, John Leo Brady found himself in limbo. He was guilty of murder but not sentenced at all. No, it was just vacated. Does he just get to go home? Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) His lawyers and the prosecution didn't know what to do next because the state of Maryland had never had a punishment only trial and they just didn't know what to do. So they did nothing. And both sides waited and waited and waited. And finally, in 1973, John's lawyers asked for a speedy punishment hearing. And after some legal maneuvering, (laughs) after some legal maneuvering on both sides, the governor granted John Leo Brady clemency and he was paroled in 1974. Donald Boblet's life was spared in 1972 when the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty as imposed at the time of his conviction was unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And in 1992, a few years after he was paroled, John, nope, Donald Boblet was convicted of rape and sent back to prison for life. Oh, I'm so glad we let him out. Things did not work out between John and Nancy. Nancy's family blamed John for what had happened. As they should. She talked to him only once after the arrest when he when she came to visit her brother in jail. She asked John if he had killed William, and when he said no, she turned and left forever, and he never saw their son. Oh, I want to be sad, but I'm not. Like, he's still a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a stupid guy, primarily, but he's also still, I mean, like, you put your friend in danger intentionally because he had a car. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still a bad guy. Once he was released from prison, he married a nurse that he met while working on work furlough from prison. They had a son and a daughter together. He started taking college classes, majoring in criminal justice. (laughs) After 12 years of marriage, John and his wife divorced. He moved to Florida, worked as a truck driver, got married again. He was a big fisherman. 
He died from natural causes at age 76 in 2009. And he always said he was sorry for his part in the crime because William Bricks had been his friend. So there is a letter from 1965 from Brady to his lawyers. Mm -hmm. um, And this is while he was on death row. Okay. And I just, I really thought this was kind of lovely. Mm -hmm. For six long, lonely years, I have watched the great stars march and wondered if I would be alive to watch them another day. I've died a thousand deaths during the past years. Each day I die a little more. I look out upon the world and see only darkness. I am alone, without love, without friends, without hope. My only companion is fear. I don't know that lovely is the right word. But for somebody who is sad, somebody who is uneducated. Oh no! Yeah, you're. It's eloquent. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, huh. So he's a bad guy. Yeah, but I feel really sorry for him. I, I mean, I agree. He's. It sounds like he just was mostly kind not bright. Yeah. 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 Um. But he still did a crappy thing to his friend. Yeah. Like, but he didn't want to. Like, that was his whole thing. Well, no, but he... I feel like he could have known yeah. that this was a very dangerous place to put his friend. Well, and maybe don't commit major felonies with people you've just met. Maybe I should have saved that for advice. But yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, hadn't known each other that long. Maybe right. know each other. Like, I feel like maybe you and I have known each other well enough to commit crimes together. Don't end up on next week's episode, <laughs> Diana. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, you know, not with new acquaintances. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... No. Now you're bummed out. I... Well, I'm just trying to figure out how I feel about it. Like, on the one hand, he... I mean, I guess he did get punished for what he did. And mm-hmm. maybe he got punished enough. And he changed. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do it again. And the guy who did, who obviously had some, like, serial killer tendencies from the beginning, mm-hmm. ended up in prison forever so like i guess actually things turned out the way they should have yeah because i think you're right i mean could he be could he have prevented it yeah could he have decided to do something other than rob a bank to support his pregnant girlfriend yeah right but i think at the end his real problem was that he was just kind of dumb right overly trusting yeah really dumb he did like learn a lesson and and walk away from it to not be that person mm-hmm. again. Oh yeah, went which, to college, got a good job, right. got married, had a family. That's the goal yeah. of of all of that. That I mean, never happens, but that's the goal. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I'm okay with it. But it still sucks for the friend. Like that was really shitty. It does. But from all of this, there have been people that have been tried more fairly. True. Because the prosecution is required to tell what it knows. So. Right. So that you can get to the truth instead of just they can win. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, overall, I think good happened here. Yeah. Well, and I that was actually maybe my favorite part was the, the judge's commentary and, and mm-hmm. thoughts on that. Because definitely, like, if you're watching a crime drama or you're reading about a case, it always... I mean, you want to root for the good guy. The good guy has to be the prosecutor, right? Even though they're usually not portrayed as the good guy. Um, And so it feels like a loss when they have to 
share something. But if you think about it, it's like, no, that's getting to the truth, not winning or, you know. Well, and that's the thing, you know, when we come from innocent until proven guilty, if you have evidence that indicates innocence. Right. You have to present it. Right. You know, that is almost the basis of due process of law. And the fact that it took until the 50s for this to start becoming codified is pretty horrifying. That's true. So I'm sorry I learned. I Not only did you like learn, but then you also learned all the history behind the thing that you're like, that was a lot of knowledge. It was, but it was, I swear to you, it was, a, it was like list verse and it was, um, I think it was 10 cases that ended up like setting legal precedents. Right. And I didn't realize. Oh, you should have known that was going to But I thought it was going to be learning. funny ones. <laughs> oh. Like why you can like... walk a crocodile on the sidewalk. Right, 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 yeah. right. No, I, that's the kind of thing I thought it was. And I was like, Brady rule. What? <laughs> right. That sounds funny. Brady's a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> huh. so there you go. Brady rule. Cool. I learned something. Sorry. <sighs> How dare you. The worst. Well, my story for you is about an even stupider criminal. Oh, it's going to oh, be a yeah. good week. <laughs> I'm, I have a story. My story is actually pretty short, um, but it was so hilarious I couldn't like leave it. So, um, This did not even happen in Florida. Can you believe it? It happened in Texas. Close. Well, <laughs> also true, but like this, when you hear it, it is such a Florida thing <laughs> that happened. So in March of 2016, the Granite Shoals Police Department, Granite Shoals is um, central Texas. It's a town of only like 5,000 people. It's really little. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought they would like jump into the whole fake news thing and be funny on Facebook and see if they could get a post to go viral. And they did. Oh, no. So here's what they posted. If you have recently purchased meth or heroin in Central Texas, please take it to the local police or sheriff's department so it can be screened with a special device. Do not use it until it has been properly checked for possible Ebola contamination. Oh my God. Right? So, of course, I mean, if you saw that, you would re- you would share it and retweet it and all of those things, right? And maybe mention that's not how Ebola works. Carry on. No, no, no. It's fun. <laughs> and you just share it. I read the hot zone. Which is... <laughs> so, um, over like the next day and a half, no. it got 1,290 shares and over 200 comments from this little town of 5,000. Like, big deal, right? right? And of course, like, oh my God, your face. And, you know, when I was saying it, you were like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And that's how they meant it. It was just like the onion. Nobody is ever going to do this. So two days later, they got to announce that Chastity Eugenia Hobson, who was 29 years old and surely should have known better. That's a rough name. Was very concerned that the meth she had purchased might have Ebola in it. It was less than a gram. She brought it of in Ebola? to be scanned. <laughs> no, it was less <laughs> of meth. How much? I have no idea how much meth you do. I know that's what you're... I, no, I don't, like how much is in a gram? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm Why do we not like, know this? <laughs> well, so I'm thinking of like... Like Sudafed, right? Which is a component in a lot of meth. Mm-hmm. You take 
so many milligrams of Sudafed if you have a cold. So I feel like... I think that's a strength, though, not a quantity. But, oh, and I guess hers would have been a quantity. Yeah, because, like, with Benadryl... Yeah, no, I think it's a strength. I don't know, though. I also don't know anything about our pharmaceutical industries. <laughs> I mean, fair. Me neither. Well, and... But, okay, but think about it like, um... I mean, a paperclip weighs a gram. I feel like it was a tiny amount of food. Yeah. Like, I feel like she bought enough to have an evening. <laughs> right? A nice evening at home in front of the fire. With meth. With your meth. She, she and needed then her house to will be really, real clean. I was going to say, she needed to really <laughs> scour her house. She bought some meth. And, and her house is sparkling. Well, it's not. Oh. Because she brought it in to be scanned so she wouldn't get Ebola. <laughs> oh, God. So, their Facebook, two days later, then read, This morning, we had our first concerned citizen notify the GSPD they believed their methamphetamine may be tainted. Our officers gladly took the (laughs) item for further testing. Results and booking photos are pending. (laughs) Please continue to support to report any possibly tainted methamphetamine or other narcotics <laughs> to the GSPD. <laughs> Public health and safety continue to remain our number one priority. <laughs> Hashtag not kidding. <laughs> In, I enjoy that their social media person has a sense of humor. <laughs> right? In another post, they, they referred to Chastity Eugenia as um, their their first, uh, or the winner of their Facebook contest. <laughs> what did she get? Yeah. <laughs> An all-expenses-paid vacation at County. Yes. <laughs> and no math. They don't give that shit back. No, I like, you got to earn that. I like that it was like, don't take it until we've scanned it. Like, then oh. we'll just give it back, and you can go ahead and get high in the police station. Yeah, how high do you have to be to think that you're going to take your illegal drugs to the police? They're going to scan them, make sure they're okay, and then give them back to you. Higher than I've ever been. Right. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like if they had posted something like, if you have these illegal drugs and you bring them to us, we will dispose of them yeah. and you won't get in trouble. Sort of like when you can return all the library books in February so you don't have to pay a fine. Right. Because yeah. they just want the books back. Well, they've done that with like... With guns. Yeah, gun exchange programs. Yeah. Bring what you have, no questions asked. Right. I feel like that's a reasonable thing. Mm-hmm. But in what universe do the cops then give you the math back? Well, and can you imagine her thought process? She's, she's there like this, this meth is, I just purchased might not be safe what if this is one of the batches that's tainted with Ebola right like it's a public health concern it is they posted about it on Facebook 200 people commented right it's real shit so she's probably bringing it in you I know don't... that 195 of those were just people tagging their friends oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no content whatsoever nope nope nope, nope. <laughs> Oh, man. That's pretty great. They did also release a, or in this article, they they <laughs> made sure to clarify that no Ebola has ever contaminated yeah. any methamphetamines or other narcotics, to our knowledge. I mean, I feel like it would cook out. I mean, unless <laughs> it somehow came in contact with that after it was all. Right. But then it would be bloody. Like, Ebola has passed through blood. Well... Yeah, but I feel... Amanda's about to barf. I, <laughs> but it's not, I don't, it's not I like don't a colder flu. I don't care. Well, again, I've read the hot zone. 
Well. Maybe more than once. <laughs> no, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would like to think that people wouldn't take bloody math. But. Oh, no, I feel very strongly that they would. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. I mean, are we happy for her for being... No, I think she's a dumbass, too. I think she probably is. <laughs> I was going to say, like, in a way, she must have had enough wits about her to be like, I don't really want a contracted bola and die. Like, Did I should think about this. Did she not have any friends this. to run this past? I, I, well, <laughs> also, we'll have to post her mugshot because. Is it amazing? Oh, she's. So if you were to picture somebody living in Texas who might turn their meth into the police department, that's pretty much what her mugshot looks like. <laughs> <laughs> See? She's super happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, her meth is safe. That's amazing. <laughs> so that, that is my brilliant story. So one of the things that we said we would do is that if you left us a review, Diana and I would each listen to another podcast that we've never reviewed before and leave a review for them and then tell you a little bit about our podcasts. So um, I am in the process of leaving reviews as in like I did the listening part and the <laughs> getting ready to tell you about it part and I haven't actually typed up the review because I'm a horrible person. Um <laughs> But we were talking about this earlier, and Betsy, you said you had a podcast yeah. that you really like that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Tell I us really, about it. I really like this podcast. It's called Part-Time Genius, and they talk about random stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just finished listening to one that was about nachos, nine facts about nachos. I love nachos. Awesome. And I'm how in. there were, they made nachos on a stick. What? Was it at the Minnesota State Fair? That sounds like a Minnesota thing. It totally Maybe. Does. <laughs> Everything's Maybe. on a stick. I can't remember. But. <laughs> is um, that because then you just hold the stick and you don't have to freeze to death? Like, no, it's, it's, so, it's so you can hold your nachos and your drink. Yeah, that's <gasps> Because you have to hold the nacho bowl with one hand and then you have to eat the nachos with, with the, the other, other hand. hand. So how do you drink your drink? Do you put it between your feet? God, somebody's a thinker. Right? <laughs> I need to know how nachos on it. I need to make nachos on a stick. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. So that what is it called again? The show? Part time genius. Part time genius. Yep. Excellent. And let me ask you a loaded question. Have you left them a five star review? I have actually. I left oh, them a five star five. review. Five. <laughs> She's better than me. Yeah, me too. All right, I let me ask you another I question. Didn't comment, but I did give them some stars. Some stars. You know what? That's good. Good enough. Let me ask you another question. Have you left Crime Crazy a five star review? No, because I have only listened to two episodes. And then your mom told you to And then my mom told me I wasn't allowed to listen to it anymore, so. You can be on it. Fair enough. That was enough. the deal. not to listen. She, your mom did look at my story to see if it was okay for you, and she it's did. not. She, um, yeah, my my story is not terrible, but I think you're actually going to mess yeah. it up. Yeah. So. Well, maybe I'll listen to this episode. I, I would think if you're on it, you'll probably listen, right? Yeah, yeah probably. Unless my voice is really cringy, and then I will tune out <laughs> because <laughs> it's one of those things where I just when I listen to it, I pretend like it's not me talking, and then it's fine. Well, I rarely remember what we've talked about, so it's oh yeah, no, Diana <laughs> never has. Any, every time she listens to an episode, it's a total surprise and brand new story for her. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Lucio, I always get the text, what did we learn this week? I'm doing social media. What was your story yeah. about? What was my story about? <laughs> and and look, I bring a pen every week and well, a notebook. Do I write down what we've done? Of course I do not. <laughs> yeah, no, I just realized we haven't been filling out our, our chart with all of our new episodes. I was doing it really well for a while, but now we're just like piling it's on. Kind of, oh my God. It's kind of like school notes. Yeah. Everyone tells you to do them. It'll It'll make it better, but... Does anyone actually do it? It never I happens. Did. No, not really. So structure. Structure. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like if there's an episode she's going to listen to, it'll probably be the one her kid is the on. The first time I met your mom in person, because mm-hmm. we had worked together for probably a few months by then, um, I sat next to her. We were at a conference down in Texas. Oh, um, no. <laughs> she does not take notes. She draws the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, no, she has these little books that's like, how to draw quick and easy characters. And yeah. she just draws them while she's in meetings. Yep. Like, yep. So I listened to Coffee Break Spanish. So apparently there's a whole bunch of them. But what it is is a very short, like, five to ten minute podcast episode Mm -hmm. where there is a guy who is teaching a girl how to speak Spanish conversationally. Oh. And the idea is that you listen and you, like, do the parts along with her and you learn conversational Spanish in, like, your coffee break. Oh, that's cool. And what I loved about it was, I mean, A, it was super useful and because... So I I figured at first that it was like a setup, right? Like Mm -hmm. they both speak a moderate amount of Spanish and they're going to like teach with air quotes. Mm -hmm. But she mispronounced some things and he corrected her pronunciation. And so I think that maybe she really doesn't speak Spanish and he was teaching her. Um, And so it was, there was, there was plenty of repetition. They started with like, okay, we dropped you in Spain you need to know some things. Mm. And like, so it was all very useful. Um, also, they were Irish. So it was two people with Irish accents teaching me Spanish, <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, and the episodes are nice and short. And so you can, you can just do them. Like I was like washing my hair and going to the bathroom, like just, you know, doing my morning stuff and, and learning Spanish, which was fun. Um, that is fun. They, it is, they decided to teach like, Spain Spanish pronunciations, mm-hmm. which is not really useful in my world. Um, so yeah, so I, I I wish that it was like, you know, like people I'm going to come in contact with. Yeah, probably more like people from Mexico and then Spain. Yeah, but you can stumble along. It was fine. Well, and they pointed it out, like they were talking about. Um, I don't even remember what it was. But one of the words they pronounced, and they're like, you've probably heard this word pronounced this way. And so I'm hoping that they continue to point out when the pronunciation is different, and then I'll just learn the one I want. (laughs) But it is something I'm going to continue to listen to. It's nice and, like, digestible. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be great for the bus. So I guess I'll listen to it on the way to the bus, which happens to be about 10 minutes. So that works out well. Yay. So that was my podcast. What'd you listen to? Okay. So I'm a bad podcast listener. I am too. Uh, I don't know that I've ever left a review for podcast. Oh, I have done that. I have. Uh, I, have I don't think reviews. I have. So I'm actually starting out with some of my favorites. Oh, cool. Um, and because I referenced it earlier, I am going to leave a review for the dollop, which probably does not need my support. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> and yet I love it because I love American history. Right. Uh, and I love comedy, and they do a real good job of both of those of things. Of both, right. So this week, I listened, I've been listening to the whole back catalog. So this week, I learned about Lenny Dykstra, who was a baseball player, and also crazy as fuck. 
Okay. Um, they did a couple shows in Australia, so I learned about the beginnings of the Australian colonies, uh, which I already I, talked about. Yeah, so I <laughs> would love to learn about that. Yeah. Like, if that wants to be your next 12 weeks of things I learned and you just want to <laughs> share it with me, that's cool. It is. You should listen to the dollop episode. It is insane. It is so good. I think I also talked about competitive tip- tickling. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah was, that was from the dollop, right? That was right? the dollop. So yeah, that's I, disturbing shit. I am horrifying everybody I know with things I am learning learning at the dollop. Uh, so I'm going to leave them a review. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So now let's give some credit for these awesome podcasts that we're listening to. All right. Patreon <gasps> shout outs. It's the first of the month. It's the first of the month. I'm so excited. Yay. Um, just disclaimer. We If we miss somebody, like our Patreon is giving us all kinds of conflicting information. Yeah. So this list... Um, this seems may not be to not match what it looks like we have. So, anyway, here are some shout-outs. Woohoo! So, Crime Crazy is sponsored by Elizabeth Wilder and Dave Hatt. Woohoo! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you. And are awesome. Yay! A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Since it is the first of the month, our Patreon supporters are Brian Williams. Woohoo! Elizabeth Wilder. Woohoo! Dave Hat. Woohoo! Patty Snow. Woohoo! I hate that noise and I make it every time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get halfway through and I'm like, I wish that I could stop making this noise, but it's not nice <laughs> One if more. I stop. Pegpool! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All you patrons get, get a monthly shout out on the show. It is true. And you get to choose your level of crime you want to commit. Yeah, they're funny. If you'd like to receive a shout out in another fashion, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Aaron. We give shout outs for all reviews. But we like those five star ones the best. And guess what? What? We have one. <gasps> Yay! I'm so excited. Me too. Thank you, Auntie Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, not your Aunt Sharon. Nope. Not my Aunt Sharon. Nope. No, that would be Amanda's Aunt yep. Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> She's adorable and like She's a so super sweet. fan. She's so great. Yes. So um, thank I'm, you I am for adopting your lovely you. Review. Thank you, Auntie Sharon. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um also with our with our review thing, like again, if you have a podcast you want us to listen to in response to yes. your review, just let us know. Let us know. Always looking for new stuff. Absolutely. You can follow Crime Crazy on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com slash crime crazy pod. And from there you can catch up on the conversation in one of two crime crazy Facebook groups. It is true. And now that we are back after everybody is no longer sick. Hopefully. I will be back on the social media game. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Crime Crazy Pod, on Instagram at Crime Crazy Pod, visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com, or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. Which I have not checked in a week, so. Me neither. Oh, we might have emails. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should wait. Yeah, we should wait. Because it's not until January, so yeah. let's make sure it happens. Yeah. They also only have one episode so far. I think she's got a couple more, like, yeah ready to I, go. no I think so but um but there was only one I was like all right so I'm gonna catch up on your show while I wait she's like well yep. there's only the one episode I saw that yeah <laughs> so we'll listen to that it'll be easy to catch up on you can follow us on Twitter you're at Erin Plyme I'm at Diana underscore Seacon 
You can follow us on Instagram. You're at Eplime. And I'm at Diana underscore Seacon. Yes, Candice. I did finally change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, catch up. That was like months ago. No, it was like weeks That's ago. Right. <laughs> that was multiple days ago, guys. Oh, man. Awesome. So, um, all right, let's see. We got some advice from mm-hmm. Betsy before she left. We did. Diana, don't give your kid a phone till they're at least in sixth grade. Uh, done and done. It will It will not help. No. It will not. <laughs> it is no, no. There are kids in my school who have had phones since they were nine years old. Wow. Yeah, Liam tells yeah. me that kids in his class have phones, and I'm just not seeing the point. No. No. Also, first phone should be a flip phone. That's how it worked in my house. <laughs> that might be a challenge by the time Liam is in sixth grade. Ha, we have a flip, flip phone. phone. I'll <laughs> mail it to you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I still like have Jeff's it. flip phone, which is how he started out too. Yeah. <laughs> so don't get your phone a don't get your phone a grade. Okay. Don't get your phone a grade. Don't get your don't get your child a phone until they're at least sixth grade. Six because um, it won't help. Notice that she's like, but sixth grade is sixth okay. Sixth grade is fine because that's where she is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diana, do you have any other advice for us this week? She's looking at me like she's horrified. What <laughs> we do this every week. It's not I a did, surprise. I, and now I, forgot one. I do. Okay. Be careful eating cubed things. Yeah. Mm. Double check that the wombat poop is in fact like chocolate shaped like wombat poop. Do you suppose next year Cards Against Humanity will do that as their their funny thing? Like they sent the pound of dirt and Right. <laughs> you send wombat poo, but it'll be yeah. actual, actual wombat, wombat poo. poo. <laughs> so if anybody here is listening to Cards Against or listening, is listening to Cards, from against, cards humanity. against Humanity, get on that. It's yours. <laughs> it's a freebie. I will subscribe to it next year. <laughs> Diana wants wombat poop. Guys. I don't. I just really like their Christmas stuff. <laughs> I own an inch of a private island, you guys, and a piece of land in Texas, so that the wall cannot be. Built. I was gonna say, and the and the yeah, mm-hmm. that's yep. awesome. Yep, that's awesome. Call your people. Call your people. That one day turnaround, perfect. Oh, so good. He didn't show so up that good. night. She alerted the police. Right. That is how it should be done. Good stuff, landlady slash coworker. Right. Plus, guys, it's the holidays. It's dark early. It's cold. Your people would like a call. They would. Everybody likes a nice call. Right? Yeah. And? Don't end up on next week's episode. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells all the way. Oh, that's a wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording some bloopers while you work with that computer. Yep. Jingle bells, bells jingle, jingle bells, bells, jingle all the way. There we go. Oh, how fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in one horse open sleigh. Over the hills we go. Laughing all the way. Ha ha ha. Dell some pouches ring. Making spirits bright. What fun it is to laugh and sing. Oh, can I sing the 50 states?
Fifty nifty United States from thirteen original colonies. Shout 'em, scout 'em, tell all about 'em one by one as we give in a day to every state in the USA: Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada. New Hampshire,、New、New Jersey,New Mexico,New York,North Carolina,North Dakota,Ohio,Oklahoma,Oregon,Pennsylvania,Rhode Island,South Carolina,South Dakota,Tennessee,Texas,Utah,Vermont,